You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. The first with that, John. You just got off the practice field out there, uh, out at uh, mandatory minicamp. Uh, so this will be the last time we interact with the Texans uh, until training camp comes, July the 25th. So we're about five, five, six weeks away thereabouts from uh, training camp. What, what were your, uh, I guess, final observations here on this, uh, not just today's minicamp, but this this early preseason portion of the Texans calendar? Well, I want to point out on SportsRadio610.com, I have a column on the grades for the off-season programs for C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson Jr., their top two picks. I gave them A's. I'm very lenient. Uh, that's on the website. And Stroud threw an interception day. Then he came back through a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. And uh, D'Amico Ryans was asked about his resolve. I asked D'Amico, what, do, what are you looking for him when he comes back from camp and what does he have to do to impress you enough to be named the starter? And then he started talking about players at every position. It's so interesting. D'Amico will praise the heck out of Will Anderson, but be very, very careful with C.J. Stroud. And I guess it's because they don't want to place any more pressure under Stroud than he's under. Also, I was watching Laramie Tunsil. It amazes me. You know, he misses his entire offseason program, comes in for the mini camp. Doesn't skip a beat. You know, he's not sucking eggs over on the side. So he's been working out like crazy, and that's good because he's their best player. He knows he can come in, step right in at left tackle, and start and play great as a pass protector. Yeah. So I was watching some of those guys or players like Kenyon Green wasn't out, running with the ones Michael Dieter, who's a tackle and guard. So he was first team at left guard next to Laramie Tunsil. Then they okay. still have Quisenberry at center. And of course, Shaq Mason and Titus Howard at right tackle. But the, the, the most important position group for this team besides quarterbacks is the offensive line. Because mm-hmm. if the offensive line isn't better with its fourth coach in four years, then they're just spinning their wheels with a rookie quarterback. It has to show significant improvement, Sean. John, uh, I agree with everything you just said about the offensive line. Um, it's it's where they've invested the most in terms of draft capital, uh, in terms of money, as you pointed out with Laramie Tunsil. 
and it can be the best friend to a rookie quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback who doesn't have a ton of game breakers at the skill positions, at least. I mean, they solidified it somewhat, but I think if you look at their group of skill guys compared to those around the league, the Texans are definitely in the lower half of that if you take all the skill positions and, and, and add them together. I guess the other thing that I saw people marveling at, I wasn't able to be out there, obviously, because I was on the air, but you were out there. Um, it seems like at least physically there's been somewhat of a transformation with Derek Stingley Jr. in the offseason. Is that accurate to say? He looks he, Apparently he looks great. He Well, he looks great. He looked great last year, but he spent so much time out at this time recovering from a foot injury. They babied him to start a camp. He made a great play on a deep ball today. Man coverage down the right sideline. He looks stocky. Yeah. He looks like that he's ready to stop the run. You know, he's a lot stockier than Jalen Petrie, mm-hmm. even though they're – and, and I've asked him, please give us accurate weights when training camp starts because they still got the weights from college. And I want to know when guys get the weight program, what do they weigh? Yeah. They work their butts off. Let's see how much – how many pounds they've gained on the weight program. And Stingley, you can tell, has spent a lot of time working in that weight room, and that's good because he's going to get to play – for the reason he was drafted, which is to cover receivers one-on-one. All right, John, let's shift gears. Um, You were also on the Zoom call yesterday with uh, J.J. Watt, as we talked about on the previous episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. We appreciate everybody clicking that subscribe button, uh, downloading the Odyssey app. If you've not, if you have the Odyssey app, that can certainly be your avenue to get this podcast. Easy to search on it and make sure that you get it each and every day. Uh, or wherever it is you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, whatever it is, we, uh, we're there for you. Um, really cool, I thought, John, to see. Uh, this whole thing's been cool, I think, this week with J.J. Watt, uh, watching him uh, kind of reconnect with the team, reconnect with the city. He's at a, another city, the team that he's been playing for the last couple of years, so I don't blame J.J. that it's felt like there's been a disconnect, but I do think that even at the end when he was still here, it felt like this whole franchise had a big disconnect going with Jack Easterby in the building. Um, this has been I – mean, maybe for Texans, maybe healing is too strong a word because I don't think the relationship with J.J. Watt was ever broken. But I just think it's cool to see J.J. tweeting out himself in Texans gear again. That is a fan. I think that's really cool. That moves me as a fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news – You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I believe this was always going to be the situation because, you know, he was busy trying to prove himself in another city. This was the first time we got to talk to him since he uh, got his release from the McNair family and signed with Arizona. And there were a lot of things asked of him that was very, very interesting. Matt Burke, the new defensive coordinator, was his line coach last year. I asked him about Matt. And of course, he thinks Matt's great. Watt said he'd be coming over here. Soccer team he owns a piece of as I think it's a coach who wants to come over and sit in on some Texans meetings. And he asked Matt Burke if he could do it. He said, sure. So he's going to be around. It's not just going to be a one-shot deal for when they put him in the ring of honor. And uh, he was terrific. I think he won't admit this, but he said 
the first year of retirement, he doesn't want to work full time. It's all about his family. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have an announcement soon about he's something he's going to be doing part time. It's got to be TV. Yeah. You know, the networks, I'll guarantee you, they were lined up to try to get him. I'm guessing we're going to see J.J. in some studio role for the NFL. Some people ask about college. Yeah, he's not familiar enough with college, but he is the NFL. And so I think it'll be great to see him there and then to see what he does afterward. You know, he said if he could make a difference uh, being part of an ownership group, he'd be interested in that. And don't know if he would ever be part of one. He certainly couldn't put anywhere near the kind of money in it would take. But like Tom Brady, he's putting in some money with the Raiders. Never know. Maybe J.J. will be a minor partner in the Texans. But it was great to have him on again. He was outstanding. And when I was listening to him, I'm thinking, I'll bet you that the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, and the mayor of, next mayor of Houston after Sylvester Turner, they're so glad J.J. Watt doesn't want to go into politics in Texas. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, he, he's. Uh... Sean, one of the things, and this is his popularity. Yeah. And I watched all those hard knocks in season because I want to see him and DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. So I got to see a lot of Matt Burke. But the last game, they were on the road at Santa Clara, 49ers, sellout crowd. And at the end of the game, when he came off the field and the fans stood and gave him a standing ovation, it wasn't just for a minute or two, and they started chanting his name, J.J. Watt. This is in the ops. He'd been in that division two years. And uh, D'Amico's on the other sideline, and the coaches over there, including D'Amico, they're clapping for him. It was just an unbelievable thing, and I asked him about it, and he said he'll never experience anything like that again because it's the end of his playing career. But I'll guarantee you, when his name goes up in the rafters in the ring of honor, it's going to be real close. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be something else. October the 1st, week four, and I guess uh, Cal and Hannah revealed that it was J.J. that picked that date. Uh, of October, tough I mean, yeah, tough date to pick, right? Yeah, right. No, logically, show you. I mean, you, you and I, the day the schedule came out. Uh, well, actually, you and I were calling the Pittsburgh thing back when JJ retired. I think is when we were calling it because we we knew who the opponents were going to be this year. We just didn't know when they'd be playing. But Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Arizona, both as home games. I think it was. You could give me those two, and I, I'll give you the other seven home games, and I'll feel pretty good that I was going to get that one right with either his uh, brother's team or the team he just finished up playing for. So should be a lot of fun. Should be a packed stadium one way or the other, right? Steeler fans travel. And I'd imagine Steeler fans have the same level of respect for J.J. Watt that those Niner fans do. You just hope that uh, Texans fans don't sell their seats to Steelers fans because they travel great and have so many in the Houston area. And even if they are Steeler fans, I guarantee you they'll be standing and clapping for J.J. Watt. For sure. I I mean, I really think this ceremony is – invasion proof i'll call it you know <laughs> right I mean, you know i think steeler fans if you're going to ask for an opposing fan base honestly if you could pick one opposing fan base to that has to be a big part attendance wise of a jj watt ceremony i think the steelers fan base is probably given tj being on their team and given just i think the <clears throat> perception of steeler fans being respectful football fans that respect the history of the game i think uh I think Steeler fans would be at the top of that draft. A lot of those Steeler fans were fans of the Steelers when they played at AFC Central. Yeah. And had that told they, a lot of the former Steelers at the Hall of Fame have told me it wasn't the Raiders that was their biggest rival. 
It wasn't the Raiders that was the most physical. The Oilers were the biggest rivals, and the Oilers games were the most physical. So a lot of those fans respected the Oilers, and uh, so I think that'll make it. And there couldn't be a better fan base to be here for that, including the Titans. Yeah. It would be better for the Steelers. It's all working out perfectly. And the fact it's early in the season means the Texans might look decent. Yeah, they might be 2-1 and one going into that game, something wow. like that. You don't, you wow. Don't know, right? I mean, two of the games are Indianapolis and Jacksonville. I mean, it's, you know, I know Jacksonville is going to be better this year, but I'm not, I'm not ready to crown it. The opening game at Baltimore, well, I'll save that because we got a mailbag question that might we might end up talking about that game. <laughs>